Welcome to Subject Matter Tabletop, the podcast about board games and the subject matter that animates them. My name is Jordan Tynes. And I'm Steve Gotzler. And we're just hanging today. Yeah, we're just hanging out. We're doing just a talking. Gen Con preview. This is technically a casual catch-up, or it falls under that category, but we are calling it the 2023 Gen Con preview because we are headed there in just a few short weeks. Just a few short weeks. Yeah, so we'll we'll catch up a little bit, but we'll spend most of the time talking about the con. For those of you who excited. missed it last year, Gen Con is our, right now, our annual convention, but we're branching out. We're mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. uh, branching out. We have uh, been to Gen Con, though, plenty of times. Feels like home. Tons of people mm-hmm. there. Tons of yeah, board games huge, there. Huge. Tons of things to do right? We're just, we're mm-hmm. having a grand old time. Uh, if you missed last year's casual catch up about Gen Con, check it out. We talk about the con itself very extensively, yes, but in yeah. short, massive vendor hall. We'll spend a lot of time there talking to people about their new games, their new releases, what they're excited about. And um, yeah. we'll play some new things. We always try to do a few fun things while we're there. True Dungeon. Yeah. 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 Them, we'll, a couple we'll, of we'll, we'll get our game on, you know, it won't mm-hmm. be all work. We'll be some plenty mm-hmm. of play. But yeah, I mean, as as you were just saying, Gen Con, I guess, what would be the the, the aptest way of describing it in brief? It's it's the premier convention for tabletop gaming in North America. I think right? it is the like largest in North the America. Largest. Yeah, yeah. I think it pales in comparison to the one in Europe. To like feel. Essen. Yeah, yeah. So there's Essen, and then like UK Games Expo just happened last month, or the month before, something like that, which is pretty big as well. But it's like the biggest convention for board gaming and tabletop gaming in North America. It happens every year in Indy, yep. which is indianapolis but yeah as you said you know you could we talked about this last year so if you're curious to know more about the convention um you can go listen to that preview and hear us wax lyrical about the spectacle and carnival of ludic delights uh that is gen con i guess one thing Um, that we should mention mm. is that we're having a panel there this year oh yeah yeah yeah. so we're we're participating in trade day that is a new thing yeah we've never done that presenting on this pod we'll be talking about the pod at, at trade day and the experiences we've had over the past year we mentioned this a little bit in our season two preview yes. but um but yeah we'll be doing that so we're going a day early we're going to take part in trade day which is very exciting very excited to be doing that yep if you are listening and you're headed to gen con stop by uh you know check us out mm-hmm. and uh yeah. say hi we will be talking about all kinds of great things related to the pod a little maybe a little behind the scenes mm. ideas that have inspired us throughout the process yeah. so uh yeah. it'd be great to see you and uh, great to talk with you and we look forward to presenting either way. Yeah, I think it's on, uh, well, there are trade days Wednesday. on Monday, so it's all on Wednesday, but I yeah. think it's at like 3 p.m. Yeah. And so we're like a 3 p.m. slot on yeah. Wednesday. If you're at trade day kicking around, check it out. Come say hi. It'd be Excellent. great to see you. Um, so what have you been up to lately, Jordan? We haven't been on together in a while. Well, <clears> since we put out the preview. A little busy uh, with mm-hmm. some you know, life stuff. And so mm-hmm. apologies to listeners for no full episode. We got two in the can. Uh, and they are recorded. We also have a designer deep dive with the phenomenal banana Chan. Uh, Mm -hmm. all three of those things are waiting to be edited. I've just been slammed with stuff. So, uh, I am getting to it and, uh, look forward to it. But otherwise, um, I haven't had a ton of time to game. I have, uh, in between things done some magic, the gathering for the first time since Mm, I was probably like 12. I don't know. Uh, or younger. So, um, and when I was that age, magic was completely different and it was also, um, kind of probably too much for my baby brain to wrap itself around. (laughs) Uh, so, um, I really, for the first time, I'm sort of engaging with it in a meaningful way, trying to understand it. I am definitely not engaging with it on the highest tier of engagement that one can engage with magic i mean it's yeah it's so huge it yeah scares me a little bit um and i'm not going to spend <laughs> my entire life savings on it no judgment to those yeah, who yeah, do yeah, yeah. uh it just just you know i i have it I'm is, spending my life savings on other things so that's yeah it's a full-time a full-time hobby for sure it's like a lifestyle game um it's really great i i also have been getting into it lately both of us i think it'd be fair to say at the kind of influence of our mutual friend uh dylan who i don't know if dylan listens to the show but shout out if you're listening dylan uh who's super into magic thank you for the new addiction came out for a visit and i played a bunch with him and then i was sent sent you some cards and then we we had the 
good fortune to see each other briefly a couple weeks ago. We played mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. It is super fun. I mean, I do love a good a good card game and a good deck construction game, but it's so intimidating. There are yeah. like multiple formats. The card pool is like in the tens of thousands. It's the kind it's of game crazy. where every single time I play it, I'm like, wait what's going on with this mechanic like you know like i played it maybe like i don't know a dozen rounds or something like that at this yeah. point and i'm just thinking like how when am i gonna play this game and not have to like look something up or text yeah. as you mentioned dylan to like be like help me understand yeah. what the hell is how going does on first here? strike work again <laughs> yeah um, so that's really it yeah what about you um well i've been doing that as well so i got into a little bit of magic when dylan was here i also uh dylan was here with another good friend of ours named daniel uh, and I played, I had the very, very extreme pleasure of finally cracking open my copy of John Company. And I we know. played John Company three-way, three-handed John Company twice, Saw two days in a row. pictures of this. The, I've seen photo um, evidence. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, I don't want to just go on and on about the game and its design and my um, admiration for Worthy Gig because we do that enough on this pod probably. And but, we will do it um, at some point. We'll play but it was Company so much fun episode. and it was such a joy to finally dive into that game which I had watched its development for several years and then waited patiently for my copy and then excitedly unboxed my copy and then put it back in the box and then it sat on the shelf for another year or so until I finally had a chance to play it. So that was super fun, super intense, super difficult, super rugged um (laughs) you want more people yeah i think i would want to play it with four or more uh three became two on one in varying combinations pretty quickly Mm -hmm. uh and the company failed both times um and the person who tanked the company uh was locked out by the other two in both scenarios because they were doing too well so the two on one pivot happened and so then they said well fine you're gonna lock me out of the company i'll tank it and so then yep. they tanked it and then they ended up winning both times would you say that Once, that is a semi-cooperative game yes no, it that's, is sem- that's kind of an interesting mechanic right we um we're always kind of talking about the sort of contrast between cooperative and competitive but more and more so we're seeing these games where it's like everybody playing has to keep something afloat yeah or we all suffer Right. And that I think is a really tricky mechanic to do well. Yeah. It's, it it requires the right number of people too often. Yeah, for sure. And and I have just only scratched the surface of that game. Like there's, we only played the first scenario. There's like fully deregulated private firms Mm -hmm. and all this other things that I haven't even touched yet. So, uh, but it was a joy to finally play it. Um, I've also been playing, what else have I been playing? I've been playing some blood on the clock tower Mm, online. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, I just like social deduction. not being able to play social deduction games, Perhaps <laughs> except for ultimate, once a year. The ultimate social deduction yeah, game the, at this point the, in time. Yeah, maybe? it's it's the, the the daddy long legs of social deduction yeah. games for sure. Um, We're going so to try to get fun. in on that at Gen Con. Yeah, we we'll do. definitely, definitely hopefully do some of that at Gen Con. But I've been doing that. Um, I mean, that's about it. There's other things I could mention. Back in April, I played Oath uh, with my wife and a couple of people who were visiting yep, us. Right. And that was super fun. It's the first time that I had been able to play couple, a couple of games of Oath in a row. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I got to see how the mm-hmm. um, like world building actually unfolds in a chronicle, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, yeah, we had done know, that sort of disjointedly online during yeah we, during the lockdown during covid right? we played on tts yeah but that seems uh, very different than actually like having the cards like yeah my favorite part of it actually was yeah was constructing like putting away the new world deck and like yeah. picking a suit yeah. and building it and then bringing it out and like rebuilding yeah, yeah. The world. it's sort of like a semi-legacy um, game in the sense that you mm-hmm. you are changing every game you play changes future games right so yeah that's cool so so that was that was super fun i've been teaching this horror class in as a summer course and so i've also i haven't been playing it but i've just been like looking at my arkham horror cards a lot yeah (laughs) and just like wishing i was involved in like a six month long arkham horror lcg Mm -hmm. campaign um but i haven't been playing that though speaking of social deduction i haven't talked about this i played veil veiled fate Mm. Uh, by IB Studios, uh, IB Games. I can't remember exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, but there, um, I had played it once online and it did not go well. There was somebody who was like really not down with. There's like a randomizing mechanic mm. where you flip a coin. If something ties, you just flip a coin and whichever oh. side it lands on it. And yeah. somebody really didn't appreciate that for some reason. They were seemed like they were just having a bad day, maybe. Uh, mm. And luck was not really their friend that day. Um, and when I played it in person with, I think five people, maybe six, it was just amazing. Like we, we had a blast. Like we, we really, 
um, there, there is a social deduction element in that, you know, you're not really controlling a single entity on the board. There are all these characters on the board and you don't control a single entity. Okay. You are secretly assigned one of them at the beginning of the oh, game. And so you're sort nobody of knows manipulating any, of anything going on, but you are really rooting for just one of them. So you don't want to overplay your hand. You don't want to like say, uh, Ooh, yeah. I'm moving this one character around all the time. And so you would like, it's a game of just the is right, the just, bail? I That's guess, the bail yeah. just the, the fate? and then the coin flip, maybe the fate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a blast. I mean, it came down to that sounds like, fun. A, a very t- tense conclusion and everybody, you know, has their guess as to who everybody else is. Yeah. And then it, it all gets revealed at the end and it was just like a big blast. And, I love, I kind of love that idea. I love the idea of everybody collectively manipulating all of the, the like meeples mm-hmm. and not knowing who's actually playing as who. <laughs> and, it's one of those games where I feel like I'm not ever going to be that good at it, but I don't mind losing at it. Like I have a, a good time, even though sure. I lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's, as you know, we played some cards. We recently hung out uh, and on vacation mm-hmm. and we said no work, no games, no whatever. Right. We, we played cards instead. Um, and it was fun, but we played a card game where it just like, it felt like losing was not fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, that game was interesting. I don't even remember rummy. The name. So a very variation of rummy. Uh, a variation it, of rummy, but it yeah. was yeah. It it did feel. Uh, what's the word? I'm trying not to say boring, uh, but <laughs> there was Only something boring about people it. are bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, it Just wasn't boring, but it was it was frustrating. It was sort of like one notey in yeah. a way that was kind of frustrating. Um, yeah. It had a, of course, it was off. That one note could be very exciting if the cards came to you and you're like, oh, holy cow, look at me. I'm going to put all this down. I didn't but, say this um, while we were playing it, but I felt a little bit like we were playing War, that game War. Yes. You know, exactly. where you just draw a card, look this at it, is what it's I mean. the one you want is, or it's not. And you yeah, just, keep going. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does, that's exactly what I yeah. mean, right? It's very like, there's not a whole lot that I can go off yeah. of here to make decisions, you know? It's, well, like that's why I like trick taking games so much, especially yeah, partner trick taking games, because there's a lot going on there. Yeah, because you, you have to make you decisions have to... about well, if I put this down, what will they think? What will they put down? Right. Do they there's have a little it? social deduction so... there to it? Oh, great! Is there? I mean, is that it? You've been playing anything else? Um, yeah, that's about it. The most recent thing I played just the other week, I played a really interesting um, role playing game with some some colleagues of mine from mm. from UNC and Duke. People you I mentioned know from, this right, sort of like game study circles around here, uh, called Rosenstrasse, which is a mm-hmm. historical RPG. Uh, it's almost more of a of a. It, it feels more almost like a free form LARP than than mm-hmm. an RPG in some ways. I mean, there's no dice or anything like this, but you are sitting around and you have sort of modest character sheets that give you some background and some advice about which way to lean with this character when you're playing them. Um, and it's about the Holocaust. So you, you are playing as two characters, one member of two different marriages. So like I had a character who was a Jewish man who was married to a Gentile woman and a Gentile woman who was married to actually another Gentile man. So one of the couples was a, like an Aryan quote unquote Aryan couple. Hmm. Uh, and it's really intense and really interesting. And you just sort of walk through a sequence of pre-scripted scenarios um, that prompt you to to um, act out improvised responses to scenes. So you get mm. scene prompts, and you just have to act them out together and embody them and make some decisions. You can like get vulnerability tokens if, depending on the decisions you make. I mm-hmm. was forced to wear a star at one point because my character was on some registry, right? So really intense game, really ambitious design, taking on a really serious yeah. um, and sensitive historical subject matter. Uh, it was designed by two two folks, um, Jessica Hammer, who's at Carnegie Mellon, where I, I did my PhD, um, and oh, the other person's name I'm forgetting, damn, but I think, I want to say like Moira Turkington. We can cut that if that's wrong. But um, it was nominated for a Diane Jones Award this year. So um, oh, Awesome. It, it was an interesting experience. It was definitely intense and a little bit like, you know, not the funnest game I've ever played, but I don't think that's really the point, right? Right. So um, it was interesting. It definitely, definitely would recommend checking it out just from like a design perspective, a subject matter perspective. If anyone's interested in how to make a game about subject matter like that as like a learning tool or a vessel for embodied, embodied learning and things like this, you know, um, I thought it was pretty interesting. That sounds really intense. Uh, yeah. You know, it sounds like a game that you've, only can really play with the right people and Mm -hmm. a little bit of prep work going into that. I'm sure there's probably some tuning up and tuning down for responsible play sessions. Yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole like 45 minute section that you is like the first 45 minutes is a series of mandatory, like, you know, like 
I say mandatory, but like if you play the game, you're supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, workshops, working into it, and then you play it, and then there's a, a debrief set of workshops debrief, yeah. that you work oh, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we learned about that when we played Zhangshu earlier yeah. mm -hmm. this summer, and uh, then also followed up with Banana Chan, hearing more about why that's important. So stay yeah. tuned for that as well. For sure. Yeah. All right, Gen Con. What Gen are you Con, excited about? We've done a little bit of research. We've looked on the lists. Yeah. We've looked in the forums. We're probably only half informed about the things that are coming out. So forgive us if yeah. we are not including a game that's going to be amazing and very intriguing to us. Um, Just drop us a note, though. Let us know. Yeah. I mean, it's always impossible to have a comprehensive idea going in of what's going to be there. And, and that's part of fun. Going to do a surprised. We'll do a post mortem on gen con as well we'll do a uh, yes. after the con we'll come talk to you all again about the games that we're talking about today but also new games we didn't include in our lists mm. today mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so what you got steve yeah. what let's how about uh, let's throw a theme out there what's your first like sort of okay. what are you noticing any big themes well one th i don't know if it's a big theme but one of the things that i'm interested in so that it caught my eye is actually something that we brought up last year on last year's Gen Con preview, which mm -hmm. is aviation-themed games. Yeah, yeah. So there was this game about early aviation, and I mentioned that, oh, I just moved to North Carolina, and oh, I got to get out to the Outer Banks and the Wright Brothers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's called First in Flight, and that Kickstarter has since concluded, and you actually pre-orders are available, though I haven't pre-ordered it yet. I'm hoping I can get my hands on a physical copy at the con. Mm. Mm. Uh, but it's put out by Artana, which I don't know if we've talked about Artana on this podcast, but it's def Artana are for sure like big time SMTT publishing house. Um, like they have games about, like they published Tesla versus Edison. They published uh, that game Einstein about like physics theorems, which is just basically like a spatial reasoning puzzle game, but uses educational elements to talk like about The life physics. of Einstein, yeah. Yeah, and the life of Einstein. Uh, Babbage and Lovelace is another one about like early computing that mm -hmm. they put out. Mm -hmm. uh, and for a while I thought that they had been like bought up or, or con like subsumed they in a did. merger of some kind they and they did, had disappeared yeah. as an, a distinct lape. So I don't know if you if, if anyone from Artana listens to this podcast, please let reach out and let us know about the details yeah. of your situation. But I was super pleased to see that this game was being published under the Artana imprint because that means they're back, I guess. I think it's like uh, a sub sub. How, yeah, like a I don't know yeah, subcategory of yeah, some other studio. Now. Right, right, right. But any, in any case, I'm, I'm glad that they exist in any form because mm -hmm. they were putting out SMTT ish games before we started the show. Uh, and this first in flight game is coming out. So this first in flight game, we talked a little bit about it before, so I won't go into super detail. But it's like a push your luck deck building game. And one of the things that I said I was kind of apprehensive about was the deck building aspect because I I feel like I you know, deck building either works really well or it's kind of like not that great in my opinion for me, like my own preferences of how it works. Um, it can be kind of uh, <laughs> boring as I was just saying before. <laughs> you know, if it feels like war, I don't, if it feels like I'm playing war, then it's not a deck building game that I'm super into, right? Um, but uh, in this one, so I did a little bit more research so I can say a little bit more how it works. When you build your deck, what you're doing is like compi compiling your design. Right. And then you play the deck out to try and like complete the flight, I think. And that's where you push your luck. So you're yeah. like trying, so the push your luck element is like the doing the test flights, like which getting is in awesome. Getting plane and being like, oh yeah. my God, I'm gonna crash. <laughs> it's like, well, let's, let's try. Let's, 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 let's try and go a little bit farther before we set it down. You know, we'll see how long this thing can go. Let's see how high it goes. Let's see how fast it goes, you know. So you're pushing your luck a little bit doing these test flights, which sounds fun and great and amazing. Um, so that's about all I know about that game, but I think it was not even in prototype last year because i didn't remember i didn't see a demo copy did you i don't remember seeing it anywhere i didn't know at the convention but i had seen like a box art before when we recorded last year but yep. it's fully fully funded and available for pre-order now so i'm really hoping there'll be at least demo copies that i can look at mm -hmm. um in the vendor hall great. uh but there are other other like aviation games so another thing that i mentioned last time was that i, I want to see more aviation games that aren't about like using planes to kill people uh there are some of those uh, but there's also some interesting ones about uh you know warfare and aviation that i think might be interesting for us to check out we talked about uh, the Undaunted series of World War II games last year. And we still haven't uh, tackled any of those on the show, but um, I have a copy of Normandy and I'm curious about this series because it is super popular and, and from a design perspective, it's supposed to be like really elegant and great. Um, and it's doing some interesting things with like historical subject matter in terms of how it represents it uh, in kind of like 
artistic ways like the box art and the card design remember we were talking about like right oh history games are so boring to look at it's kind of veering away from that in a way which i think is interesting and the latest installment that they just released last month is about the battle of britain which is an air aerial conflict so um there's that that i'm curious about right but there's also this game called uh sky team yeah i have that on my list too yeah yeah, it's like a cooperative game where you play in silence, I think. You like limited it's like limited communication and you have to like silently assign so it's like Taverns of Tiefenhall. You like have a dice pool and then you have to silently together assign dice to different areas on the control panel I imagine or the instrument panel in order to work together and land a commercial airline. And yeah, like I, like pilot this. And co-pilot. I like this. Yeah, and that I, looks I awesome. That and I love and I would, I love communication yeah. restriction games. I, and I, yeah, for sure. I'm guessing that it is that because I can see our, um, in the little image of it, there's like screens. Like why would you have screens in a two-player game if you can't like yeah, be silent right, or something right. like that? So. so it is some sort of limited communication, yeah. which is cool. I would love to play it with an airline pilot. That would be fun. That'd be really cool. I wonder though, like, I don't know, it'd be weird. You definitely communicate with your co-pilot when you... <laughs> Flying an airplane, do you right like you? does does it feel like there's a screen and you can't like you have to silently assign they're sitting like in different probably, parts of the plane right i feel like there's probably One a in lot each of wing? communication yeah works? i feel like there's probably a lot of communication yeah. but uh anyways that game looks cool and interesting and it's exactly what i asked for so i like manifested it cool. out of the universe so everyone can thank me uh <laughs> for saying i want more games about planes that aren't about war uh so sky team looks cool uh, first in flight, I'm excited about and Undaunted Battle of Britain. I mean, those, that's my like little aviation club. Did you see the game from Rio Grande? Rio, Rio Grande. I don't know what they're what they're doing yeah. there with their name, but um, it's called 1930. Uh, set in the early stages of aviation, players take roles of aviation investors, promoters, and presidents with a general oh. objective of making money. So you got to... Oh, the industrial side. Yeah, I so love it. I love it. I'll play um, out my Howard Hughes uh fantasies it it probably bring in the milk here's my guess sorry, sorry. wild guess there's yes. not a lot of image here i can't really tell what's going on there's not really like pictures of it or anything like that but my guess is that it is like sort of just a economic simulation with a uh, where the, the widgets happen to be airplanes aviation <laughs> overlay right yeah right <laughs> which actually takes me to my next theme perhaps okay yeah where I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I think any game convention is going to have a, an assortment of economic simulation games. That's just a mm. very common yeah, yeah, mechanic yeah. in games. I would wonder evergreen. actually yeah. if it's not the most common mechanic. It's games. either the most or the one of the top three. I right. It must be. Uh, so it's got to be, right? And And so I'm always on the lookout for games that have an economic element, but engage mm-hmm. with it meaningfully via the theme. Right, and I would yeah. guess that uh, th- there's that. This is my guess. I don't, no insult to the designer or Rio Grande or whatever. Uh, I'm guessing 1930 is probably not going to have a super deep, uh, meaningful engagement with the theme. But I could be wildly wrong on that. Let's try it. Yeah, Let's yeah, check yeah. it out. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's also a couple of other ones. There's this. Uh, I'm probably not going to get this correct. Amun Ray. Uh, Amun Ray. I think oh. it's a. It says it's a Amun 20th, Ra, maybe? It's Amun Ra, maybe. Um, it's anniversary edition as a yeah. pharaoh, buy land, trade, and build pyramids. Um, That's like a, a classic. That it's they're a Kanitsia game. Yeah, uh, they're re-deluxifying re, like, the skin and reprinting it. Yeah, and you it know, looks pretty. A, I, it looks yeah. probably, it's probably a great That's game. O- Osprey is doing that? Uh, I don't know. Is, or am I totally uh, Alley Cat games. Alley Cat games. Oh, Alley Cat. Okay. <laughs> which <laughs> I think apologies. they do a lot of that because I just saw that yeah. Alley Cat Games doing another one about cloth merchants, which I'm kind of interested in. Somebody um, is doing a reprint of Diplomacy. Oh, cool. Which well, I saw too. And I thought, oh, I should maybe brutal. pick up a pocket. The, a pocket. A, a copy. A pocket. I should maybe pick up a copy of that because cool. i don't have one and that's yeah. a class i actually think i do i don't really know uh i had one uh and i think i've never played it so maybe i got rid of it i don't remember mm. um i think one of the games that looks like it is almost purely economic simulation um it's card game there's some environmental commentary of course it's called pampero um, oh. build wind farms and then expand yeah, the and improve your grid game. to master mm-hmm. the energy market. Of course, there's definitely a economic, heavy-handed economic system here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like a 
enormously complicated game. I don't really know if it is. Just the pictures look like they're um, they have like a lot of little pieces all over the place, and I don't know yeah. how it all works. I haven't tried it, but um, I like the idea of positive political environmental message being the mm-hmm. reason why we're playing an economic game yeah uh, right so or just like hey our economic games are about uh climate change now because right. that's what the economy is dealing I, with i guess yeah. so i guess yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i mean that's also good though at least we're not yeah, yeah. for sure for sure um, at least we're not building not like we're a, not reliving like the power grid right yeah or yeah exactly we're not just like endlessly rehearsing the history of colonial expansion from the 18th and 19th right, century right um yeah who's then, designer of that game do you know it is and i, I, I want to say i think ian o'toole, I, ian o'toole did the did art right, right? yeah uh, julian know that. pombo and it's via ape games i don't really know okay. uh, much about julian it looks like he's designed a couple of, oh he did uh mercado de lisboa uh so ah. the, the offshoot of lisboa just one one piece of the original lisboa which was also in uh o'toole art design but we all know that was not mm. O'Toole who des- uh, designed the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, I mean, I have not played that little offshoot game either. So I don't really know. We'll yeah, see how it goes. Um, the other uh, economic simulation, I don't even know if it's a simulation, that I, it just kind of struck me as like kind of an interesting concept. Uh, it's called The Rich and the Good. Um, oh. Make wise That's... investments using shared resources, but don't forget to donate to charity right we talk about this a little bit when we discussed uh carnegie right um uh, this idea of uh-huh, like uh-huh. overlaying not just pure profit right but like incentivizing players to think about like maybe give away some of the money that you're making and balance yeah. that out with something i don't really know if that's how thoroughly that's integrated into this game again i'm just just seeing it on board game geek but it's not something that you often see like as you're making money give away yeah some of it to a to a uh, charitable cause yeah it'd be interesting if like you could give away some money to a charity as a way of then but every time you give away ten dollars to charity you get five of them back because it was a tax break or something (laughs) (laughs) something weird like that Um, it reminds me of a game and it kind of even the art kind of looks the same i'm not seeing it on the list of the designers uh credentials here carlo rossi um Mm. uh, called last will a game where like you're um, you're super rich and you're just like you're, last you're, will you're and try, testament. You're trying to get rid of as much money as possible oh, throughout wow. the whole game, and so the first one to zero wins basically. And you you just like you're so rich that it's like hard to get rid of money. Like your idea is like you're making poor investments or something like that, and like uh-huh. trying to get rid of it as fast <laughs> as you possibly can to like funny. Uh, it's a race to the bottom. Mm. There's also um, this. You talking about this this thematic area is reminding me of a game I was looking at. I think it was there last year too. It's I'm blanking on the name. It's got like a one word title, but it's it's a reprint. It's also a reprint in this reprint sort of trend mm-hmm. of um. It's a zhuzhed up reprint of a Sid Saxon game, one of those old Sid Saxon Avalon Hill games. Mm. And in what you're doing is you're like a real estate tycoon developing, um, developing land and properties in New York City. I think. Gosh, what is the name of that game? It's got a one word name. Is it acquire? We... Acquire. That might be it. Yeah. yeah that might be it yeah. yeah so that's being brought out into a new like it's got 3d minis now right and you know things like this where you can build buildings up and stuff mm-hmm. and it's got like a more colorful scheme though yeah. honestly I, I would be down to buy a sid saxon reprint that was just like a facsimile of the avalon hill <laughs> yeah, copy yeah. i love those uh, old avalon hill games those are cool yeah shout out that's um, a local local game company shout out that you got there but apparently avalon, uh, avalon hills, hills in massachusetts in massachusetts or is it down think- here I want to say Avalon Hill got bought up by Hasbro, and and now oh, it's I see. Okay. maybe a long time ago it bought up, and now they're finally starting. Because didn't we see that big thing last year? They they're reprinting Betrayal, right? And and I, that's an oh. old Avalon Hill game. Mm-hmm. I think don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. Okay, but yeah, I, I mean those games I just think are really interesting because they're so like on the nose and um, kind of like just acquire. This is what you're doing. You're just mm-hmm. acquiring land, and it's just sort of like one of these basic like fundamental principles or levers of the economy gamified into a simple mechanism that players can like experiment well with. It, it just makes sense to to just acquire senselessly steve yeah and there was a there's a i have an acquaintance down here who has a copy of a similar game i don't know if it's it might be sid saxon i don't know if it is but it's just called bureaucracy oh yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which sounds yeah. great um, um so what you, you got any other big themes or general areas you're 
considering? Here? Mm, uh, you know, there's always a lot of like nature and science games. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the big one in that ca- in that category that I am curious about is this thing called Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's so it's just Earth, made a big game, splash, which has like been it. making yeah, it's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, I'm I'm sort of interested in it for that reason, just because it's being you know making waves. It's you like growing an ecosystem. It's a big card engine. There's like this huge, massive, rich tableau system where you have like multiple tableaus within one overarching tableau that you're building, which, mm-hmm. and then the cards get things added on top of them and meeples and the meeples and minis grow depending on what kind of flora and fauna is in there. Uh, it looks a, kind of an overwhelming actually and intense, yeah. um, but it's been making a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of like short lists of games that people are reviewing and talking about right now. Uh, the one that I'm most interested in actually is a Pandasaurus game called Emerge, yeah, which is volcano about volcanoes. Because yeah. I had just in earlier in the summer, I was in Hawaii on the Big Island, and so I was there for the first time. And we went to Volcanoes National Park, and I saw the lava flows, and I was just sort of like tripping on like you know volcanic eruptions and formations and geology. And this game is all about that. So it's mm-hmm. like about volcanic geology and island ecosystem formation. You play as scientists conducting research, which is interesting. I, I wonder i'm curious to see how that actually looks like in terms of mechanical abstraction and player action choice because pandasaurus is not really in the business of making super heavy fiddly simulation-esque right. games very accessible games right so yeah. i'm curious about like oh we're, we're playing as scientists researching newly formed volcanic islands and their ecosystems mm-hmm. but like how is that actually going to look and feel um i'm curious to see what kind of walk what kind of line they can walk between accessibility yeah. and crunchy uh, subject matteriness? I will say though, um, you know, th- to this theme as well. I mean, I guess it's nature. Is the fox experiment is also being yeah. produced mm-hmm. by them? So it, it seems a little heavier. Th- I mean, it's fox it's, experiment seems more fiddly for sure. In fact, so fiddly that it, it's a yeah. I'm not even uh, yeah. I'm a little curious about how that one feels to play. Yeah, to be we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I, I kickstarted it, so it's coming my way eventually. It's like you know, you breed. It's like cycles of selective breeding, right? So They're you're breeding just like constantly foxes, yeah. manipulating. It's like pun and squares and stuff, or the, in principle. Anyways. We have uh, we have a dream to like fly to to Russia and to Siberia, um, yeah. to Siberia, and and interview the folks who are still working on this fox experiment mm-hmm. um yeah that would be fun uh so if anybody's got a way of making that happen and they're listening right now give mm. us a line <laughs> yeah, let us know. Uh, there's also a smaller a smaller it seems smaller maybe i'm wrong it seems like a smaller scale game called kelp yeah I, which I caught my too. eye yeah two players where you play what, what was interesting about it is it's asymmetrical two-player only but it's so specific it's not like hey one person's a shark one person's an octopus it's like one person is a pajama shark the other mm-hmm. person is a common octopus and it takes place in the kelp forests of South Africa. Yeah. So it's like a specific coastal yeah. zone. So I thought that was interesting and I wondered to what degree that mattered to the gameplay that it's so specifically themed to one type of ecosystem. It's said that it's inspired by that documentary that I'm like nervous about watching called My Octopus Teacher that made a big splash recently. Um, I mean, it's uh, supposedly everybody who watches that movie is like, Mm -hmm. you know, inspired and cries and never talks about it. So, uh, I mean, I'm nervous about it. I do want to watch it, but it's sounds, sounds intense. (laughs) It does sound intense. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those are just a couple of like highlights from the nature and science category. There's a bunch more we can mention. I'm sure. Yeah. Did you see the, the Redwood game, the, the nature photographer game? No, um, I kickstarted this too, so it's coming eventually. But I'm I'm really excited about this one for a sp- couple specific reasons. Not only because it takes place in the redwoods. I, I mm-hmm, went to high mm-hmm. school in that sort of general area of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, my father is a, uh, a nature photographer, amateur uh-huh. uh, nature mm-hmm. photographer, and it's you know uh, this movement game, right? I'm not crazy about movement games, but mm. it's done in this way where it's like you have to. Um, kind of move around the forest and angle yourself in a certain way so that you you are framing certain things in your your field of view right and they have all these interesting new pieces right that show you like the the uh, depth of field and um oh, the sort of wow, cool. the, the angle of the, ca- the camera angle and um you have to kind of like capture as much good stuff in one shot or something like that. It looks, it looks really interesting. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Um, so you just need to have a house rule where the movement becomes hidden 
and then you'll like it. Well, yeah, that'd be extra fun for me. <laughs> Just overlay a hidden uh, element yeah. to the movement. Yeah, uh, that's cool. That sounds really interesting. That's like an interesting game design. I would love to play it, and I and yeah. I'm going to give my dad the chance to maybe be our guest uh, with that oh, yeah. one. But um, or uh, you know, I also want to say like, hey, dad, do you, would you prefer to be a guest, or would you prefer to hear from some other photographer mm. about the way this game plays? Or maybe yeah, we yeah. could do both. Maybe we could play with yeah, him and both. a nature photographer or something like that. Yeah, especially but, if it's good at four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um that's cool yeah i my other big sort of category and i notice this every year i mean there's always a million games about um city building or building yeah. civilization I, and yeah, all that kind acquire of stuff is kind, acquire of, is kind of, those, of like that yeah. mm-hmm. um this game barcelona though uh yeah i saw that one i was i was going to mention that because you were just there yeah i was just there and it, it's a weird city right like you're mm-hmm. standing like in the middle of the city and you realize like oh the ocean used to be right here not too mm-hmm. long ago, right? Yeah. And like they, um, you know, did all this like landfill stuff, you know, like a lot of cities in that era did. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm living near Boston and Boston is one of those cities where they landfilled the heck out of it to build new neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that game is all about that. Uh, and it would be great to talk to somebody about the history of Barcelona and play a game like that and sort of see if it sort of mirrors any of the phases of expansion that Barcelona went through. For sure. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that one definitely looks cool. Um, the other one that I just noted, and it's I don't know if it's technically falls under the category of city building, um, Katnahora, the city of silver. Mm, yes. I um, have this one on my list too. I guess yeah. you are develop. It says you're developing a medieval, medieval city in order yeah. to build a beautiful Gothic cathedral. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing that really struck me about this is like, Oh, where is this place? Katnahora? Yeah. It's in the, the current Czech Republic, right? It's from Czech games or something. Yeah. Who published it. Yeah. And so isn't that, cool that like like a a game company that is in a certain region of the world is making a game about that region of the world Uh so often do we see these game companies like reach out and be like let's see if we can like try our hand at making a a game about like a region that we know very little about right or (laughs) a person on a personal level right and and i just i admire the the desire to like sort of turn inward and explore your own sort of like local history I, yeah. I mean i don't really know we should maybe talk to them about this sure like, hey like sure it, like it it looks interesting know yeah. about this cathedral what's it, going on here it caught yeah it caught my eye too because it has like the all these familiar hallmarks of euro structures like the resource extraction and management tile laying with upgrading and flipping tiles it looked like i mean i only scanned the images and, and read the thing but it looked like you're going to be laying tiles flipping tiles building structures getting build point bonuses when you upgrade structures etc but all of the individual tiles have been kind of, it seems, have been kind of like painstakingly adapted to real historic structures, like like either as a particular building of note, like, oh, this is the city hall of whatever, whatever, right? And this is what it looked like mm-hmm. in this year. But also just modeled after familiar, like accurate recreations of actual common historical structures, like the ones that you would see at like in, in the North American context, you would go one of these like colonial villages that's like made to look like a colonial village looked like in 1692 or something like this. Mm-hmm. Like those types of structures, like there's these air vents for the silver mines that you can build a tile for. They have those, um, you know, like those wheelhouses for horse engines. That's another particular type of structure that must have been prevalent, right, in certain medieval economic, you know, zones. So it's like, it seems like it, it seems like it's taken a, a more thoughtful and specific approach to historicizing the medieval village whilst also mm-hmm. just giving us like a big broad you know like like expansive euro game uh design um yeah i, I mean sign me up all that sounds great yeah. and it, the pieces look pretty basic i mean i kind of have that nostalgia for basic pieces is that that makes it totally fine to have basic yeah. pieces. i don't need a gigantic right. box with huge minis in it i'm okay with like the right. Right. vintage vibe i can like lay a card down put a tile out there flip it over and imagine what's mm-hmm. happening yeah for sure. Um, yeah, so that one caught my eye too. I think that one's interesting. I would love to check out their booth if I assume they're going to be there. It was in that Gen Con preview list that we were yes. through. Yep. Um, so that'd be there's some cool people to stop by and talk to. I mean, yeah. we are, we, you know, it's funny. I was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we, we like teased, hey, maybe we'll bring our equipment and record some stuff last year. We definitely didn't do that. But I think we definitely are going to do that this year. This year. <laughs> we, we upgraded so, our equipment a little bit. So we're, yeah, we're for this. sure. Uh, but so we can go talk to these yeah. folks from Czech Games and be like, hey, can you tell us about this part of, yeah. uh, you know, of the Czech Republic and why you chose to make a game about this city or whatever? It, two, um, two things about that. If anybody's <clears> listening and you have a game that you want us to check out, 
send us a note. We'll swing by mm-hmm. your booth. Also, mm-hmm. um, if you are listening and you don't have a game, you're not promoting a game, but there is a game that you're really excited about that you want us to go check out, send us a note. We'll go uh, talk to you about that uh, afterwards in our, okay. in our rap sesh. Um, yes, yes. Good call. Good call. Um, a couple of other ones I just wanted to just yeah. call out but not talk about. Uh, Devere. The wonderful people at Devere who made yeah. the wonderful Lacrimosa, which we have an episode recorded that will be out soon on, mm-hmm. and which we were excited this time last year to go look at at Gen Con, have this game called Three Ring Circus. Yeah. I don't know much about it, but it looks like lavishly produced, interesting theme. It'd be a fun one to um, do uh, on the podcast. Like, I don't know, talk to some circus performers or something yeah, like that. Totally. Yeah. Circus promoters. I don't know. Yeah. What, or what his, sort of historians thing. of like, no, like leisure historians, you know, yeah. about like this era when circuses were more yeah, common and really traveled cool. a lot. Really uh, cool. There's also, there, I feel like there are so many of these and I haven't played any of them. There's like three or four Darwin games now. I feel like mm-hmm. there's this in the footsteps of Darwin, which mm-hmm. is by a company called sorry, we are French. Huh. <laughs> and they, they also have a game set in ancient China about empire building. So I don't know, maybe we'll stop by their booth if they're there and we can accept their apology and talk to them about their, <laughs> their games. Um, Kalahari is like a game about being the queen of a meerkat colony. It reminded me of like bee, bee lives, but about meerkats in the Kalahari desert. Oh, um, those are just some other ones. I that one, I, I got that one is like a, that one won't be out. I don't think that one was slotted as like 2024. Like it might just be drumming up hype for yeah. it. I got a few just sort of random uh, it seems like interesting themes that I would love to explore. Uh, there's one called Luthier where you're crafting musical mm. instruments. Uh, oh, cool. As, as w- one time I had a, um, acquaintance that I had some dinners with who was a Luthier and talking with him was just beyond fascinating. He had to like yeah. travel to Europe like twice a year to acquire specific woods that had been aged in specific places and that kind of stuff. So mm. um, that, that would be interesting to talk to somebody about that. Um, there was this, uh, couture game, which I actually did kickstart as well. Um, and it is a simultaneous action, uh, bidding maybe game about high mm. fashion in various cities. Oh, cool. Uh, I would love to talk to someone about that. Yeah, um, that would be fun. Um, I, I used to surf. So the perfect wave game about the sort of, uh, oh, I didn't see this. it's about the politics of the lineup. I think, you know, where you're lining oh, really? up to catch a wave. Oh, and, amazing. I didn't see this game. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Um, and so you're like jockeying for position. I think in the so. I think so. You're trying to get the best wave. Um, and you know, they, all, they only come. Picking your so time. Often, it's like, right? Oh, you yeah. got to go first, but yeah. you misread the set. Yeah. Like this is not the wave to catch. So I'd love to check that out. Um, there's yeah. a game called beer and bread, which I've actually had my eyes on for a mm, while. Two one, player yeah. game. Um, it would be awesome to have a field trip to the European region of beer making uh, and talk to some folks about that uh-huh. uh, someday. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that's kind of the big kind of random list. There is um, a couple of like maybe games that are sort of taking a jab at politics in a way um, that oh, yeah. I think are, yeah. are kind of interesting. Um, there's this one called Tolerance, uh, supposedly about the conflict between Protestants and Catholics in the 17th. Uh, or, or I think late 16th and early 17th century in England. During the Reformation. Yeah. And, yeah um, that sounds heavy. That sounds like it might be even like a heavy historical design. It, it is, but it sounds like it, but I think it is just a simple trick-taking game. Oh, it's kind of like that game about the French Revolution where you're yeah. cutting people's heads off, that guillotine. And game. the box art is is covered in Hieronymus Bosch images. Which oh, I'm cool. Like super <laughs> interested in. So yeah. I, I, if I see this, I'm just going to have a copy of it because it looks amazing. Yeah, um, it looks cool. Uh, I love simple, simple engagement, simple but meaningful engagement with a uh, theme. Totally. So, uh, that would be, that'd be cool. Um, there's this one that I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Uh, I believe it's Jerusalem, but it's spelled with an I. So yeah, Jerusalem. I've seen this. Yeah. Is that um, also Devere? That's another Devere title. I, right? I believe so. Yeah. And it's about moving people around during the last supper to be the closest to Jesus. Yeah. The last, the last supper, supper seating chart. Game. So, that- whoa, like what? <laughs> like amazing. I'm so down. Uh, like, like sign me up for this. It looks like there's a bajillion meeples in it. So, oh, wow. um, it may be a little fiddly, but I am so stoked about the effort 
of the bizarre theme that um a, a seating chart i mean yeah yeah, yeah. the could have been a wedding could have been chart. any yeah, dinner, right, right? But we, we chose the last supper so amazing uh yeah. hats off to just <laughs> trying that but then uh, there's yeah. also this mr president game which you and okay, i okay before we talk about that before we talk about that uh another political game or, or has a political tinge to it that i think is interesting that i have my eye on for a minute and then i hope will be there maybe for purchase is from 25th century it's called resist and it's about the mm. Spanish Civil War, Ooh, where you yes, play as uh, resistance fighters yeah. during the Spanish Civil War, yeah, which is cool. a kind of uh, cool. a pet interest of mine that I spent some time studying several years ago. So I'm curious about that game. Um, the art looks cool. It's got original artwork, so drawn mm. like you know drawn artwork, and so yeah, that's another one. Okay, so let's talk uh, before we let's just take a minute and catch up right there because <laughs> this game i don't know if people know about this maybe not but there's this game what's it called it's called mr, mr. President. president the american presidency from 2001 to 2020 and i'm I'm sorry i'm making fun of it, it it's a <laughs> we don't know anything about it yet really um it, it just it looks it, unbelievably it looks out of huge. control um I mean, we're going to have to talk to somebody about this one because yeah. it's like, and look at it and, and figure this one out. We're scratching our heads looking at these images. The board itself takes up, you know, those, those double folding tables that fold in the middle and like, you know, you pull out for like Thanksgiving dinner and stuff like that. Like, cause you just have too mm-hmm. many people sitting around. It's like a massive folding table. It like barely fits the, just the it's board. Huge. Has many different little like dials and, and like, uh, you know, what is it called? What are those things called? The push knobs we go up and down. Yes. What is the term for that? Uh, uh, not a dial at toggles and sliders sliders they're like sliders and toggles and things like this somebody in the comments on bgg on the forums i think said like oh i've seen less complicated instrumentation on cockpits or something like that you know speaking of aviation somebody was like oh my god look at this thing um but it was yeah i mean it's specifically set during the during the war on terror so it's right the view of the executive from 2001 to 2020 Mm -hmm. um and it's a simu. It seems very simulationy, you know, like hardcore. Like we're going to sure. simulate For sure. how this works, but it just looks out of control. It looks yeah. out of control. It, it, there's it. The sort of the board itself looks like it's kind of broken up into I don't know three chunks. Yeah, by uh, far the biggest chunk is like other parts of the world that you're not president of right <laughs> like what you're doing there and, and the, the like conflict escalation in those yeah. different pieces of the world and how how the military the military is going to intervene in in those right. places um the the war tracker is kind of funny like there's war number one how is that going? War number two. Mm. How is that going? War number three. All the way up to five, right? You have all these <laughs> different like a, wars going I mean, we on. We shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, but it is just absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I just, I just think it, it, it's unbelievably ambitious. Uh, it seems yes. like, and yeah. uh, you know, I guess the the job of the president is probably pretty complicated, and so it makes sense to have a pretty. No, well, and is you know one of the board. chief areas is you know military and foreign policy. That's right the responsibility of the executive more so than the other two branches. So I guess it does make sense, but it it did just strike me immediately as like, okay, so I'm global, like world police, global general. That's what the president does. Yeah. Um, But it also just like, I mean, there is other, there are other things in it. There are elements about like domestic reform. There's like a domestic policy folder or something like this, like a big pamphlet. There are these other charts about healthcare and blah, blah, blah. It just looks so intensely complicated. There's that turn structure diagram that you showed me which has literally like you moving through a sequence of 40 different phases of your turn. I mean, I can count them, but I don't want to. Uh, It's like four groups of eight and two groups of six or something. It looks insane. There's, there's uh, so, you know, I'm looking at the tracks right now. You have that region, the world region area, which takes up, I don't know, almost half of the board. Yeah. And then another big chunk is something called conflict tracks. Uh, You have something called the nuclear and missile Oh God! Tracks You've got the got the nuclear football to keep track yeah. of. You have uh, strategic capabilities tracks. Um, you have something called bipartisan cooperation, pending bills. Uh, I, one one there's and then there's like a whole like area of the board that seems like it's just sort of upkeep and maintenance of the game. Mm. And one of them one of the sections of that is um, the cabinet drama table. <laughs> so there you go you have your, your cabinet drama going on and being tracked by the game as well oh my so. god is your press secretary screwing up yeah maybe um, you never know that's so funny but the game is um, going to keep track of it so 
We obviously will definitely play it with a former president, uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm sure any former any presidents and, listening any to the show right now. Any and all of them are willing to spend three hours yeah, of their yeah. time sitting down with I us. I don't know. This one might take more than three hours, it seems like. so. Yeah, uh, at least three hours. So, let's, yeah. uh, so all the presidents who are listening right now, reach out. Tell us, you know, how, yeah. how down mm-hmm. you are to play this game. And we'll uh, yeah. all get along and figure that out. It's a solo game, too. I don't know if we mentioned that. It's a solitaire game. I right yeah unbelievable by design the idea yeah. is like you sit down and pretend to be the president there's president no one else for, involved it's for, just you yeah for um somewhere between 360 to 600 minutes that's um, how long it takes to play wow. that's an estimated play time could be up to 10 hours 600 minutes wow i don't think i've ever seen a, a game admitting that admitting it that it could take 10 hours 10 hours <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm stoked. Goal. I mean, cheers. The unmitigated goal. Cheers to the people who have attempted yeah, this. Um, for sure. I, I would love sure. to talk to you all. The, it, sorry we're kind of poking fun at this, but I mean, wow. It's yeah, huge. It's, it's, it's huge. It's uh, but impressive. I don't, I don't know. Sure. Maybe, maybe we would make fun of any game that tried to represent something as complex uh, as the yeah. president but you know we're not we're not in the business of making fun of stuff we're not making it's it's lighthearted teasing. there is this I, it, uh yeah. line on the description here that says uh depending on the results of those choices meeting the choices you've made and on the unfolding of a uh every different game story you'll be thinking potus piece of cake or why was it that <laughs> I wanted this job many times in each game. Uh, what was I so, thinking yeah. running for office? <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. I, I like, I, and I also like that it's a little tongue in cheek and having a, having a little for fun. For sure, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, that, it looks interesting. I definitely am curious to learn more about it. I That's kind of exhausts my list and we've been going for a while here. So why don't mm-hmm. we button it up and then come back in a few weeks yeah, and, and give the report. We'll give, give the, the report, report back, and yeah. we can share some of our audio too mm-hmm. that we grab yes. on the on the on the ground. Um, yeah, we'll we'll be sure to do that. But let some of these people who we talk to speak for themselves. Thank you for uh, listening, and thank yeah, you, thanks for Steve, listening, everyone. for sharing your thoughts. I'm always yeah, likewise. To always get, get jacked up about Gen yeah, Con. Yeah, always a pleasure to talk about games and to get excited about Gen Con. I'm looking forward to it. It's a ritual. It's a it's a pilgrimage that mm-hmm. we make every year, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a great time. Um, so yeah, until next time, this has been subject matter tabletop. We'll see you around the table. Mm-hmm.